your Locked On The Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends, and welcome to the Locked on Winnipeg Jets podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. If you like what you're hearing, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice, including Apple, Spotify, Google, Megaphone, and the Odyssey app. Doing so does not cost you a single penny and ensures you never miss another episode. Before we kick off tonight's show, I did want to give a shout out to one of our other really great specials that the Locked On NHL podcast is currently running. Who are this season's top 50 NHL players? Find out on the Locked On NHL podcast with Joe DiBiase, Mike DiStefano, and Rachel Donner as they reveal the top 50 players as voted on by our local experts. Subscribe to the Locked On NHL podcast on YouTube and turn your notifications on so that you never miss another episode. As of right now, what we currently have on offer are all of these snubs from the top 50 list. These players were very close but didn't quite make the cut, and I actually wanted to talk about them on tonight's episode because I think a couple of these players, at least in my personal voting, ended up being in the top 50. A few of these names are going to make you upset, let's be honest. I think we all have a lot of uh, a lot of love for some of our Jets players, and two players in particular from the Jets did not make the cut. One of them, I actually agree with the exclusion in this case, just because in order to be like a top 50 player, I feel like there are certain requirements that I feel you need to contribute in all zones of the ice, and unfortunately this particular player maybe has a couple of notable flaws. But, you know, this player I don't think is going to be surprising to anyone. It is Kyle Connor and he actually slotted in at the 52nd ranked vote. I don't think this really says anything about him being a poor player. In fact, I think we all know that when it comes to pure goal-scoring talent, Connor is really one of the elite elites in this league. I don't think you'll find many players who can stick handle, who have the acceleration, and have the incredible skating to explode past defenders in the way that Kyle Connor can. When it comes to, like, one-on-one matchup ability, Kyle is seriously in a league of his own. You know, the kinds of players who score in the way that he does are our names like Connor McDavid, Austin Matthews, you know, Nathan McKinnon. We're talking like the really most elite forwards. But the reason that Connor tends to fall a little bit behind the rest of this pack and, and really does deserve to be outside of the top 50 is because he has a couple of really noticeable gaps in his game. The biggest one, of course, is going to be his defensive game, which unfortunately has been lacking over the past couple of seasons. I think everyone understands what they're getting with him. He does have, like, an elite release, and he has, like, really great skating, and it's not like he doesn't track back at all, but when it comes to actually man-marking, disrupting passing and shooting lanes, and trying to force turnovers, Connor doesn't really engage with this. He's not an overly physical player, he doesn't grind along the walls, and you're not going to be looking for him to be, like, a, a strong play driver when he's in possession. What you want him to do is finish and finish really quickly. He's also one of your key power play cogs, and it's it's obvious that his, his value really comes down to him shooting the puck really well. He does have some really nice passing and vision, but oftentimes it just seems like he fails to connect on a lot of these opportunities. I'm not really sure why that is. It could just be that his situational awareness sometimes doesn't quite catch up to his hands. I think we've all seen the number of times Kyle has been on like a two-on-one, and unfortunately he just ended up missing the pass or didn't even attempt it, which flubbed a good goal-scoring opportunity. I I like him taking shots, that's for sure, but sometimes it's obvious that the better option is to feed somebody like Mark Shifley, who will have a much larger portion of the net to shoot at. 
But, you know, being ranked at 52nd overall, I think that's pretty cool. I think, you know, you're looking at this list of players. There aren't many uh, other guys who are going to make it over him that I would personally rank that much higher than he is in terms of goal scoring ability. It's sort of funny because he's always had the reputation of being underrated for some reason, even though I I honestly think at some level he is slightly overrated. If only because I think people don't really see a lot of the issues in terms of decision making and defensive work in his game. Nowadays, I think it's starting to become a little bit more obvious to people, but even now you still see people saying that he's underrated and underappreciated, so maybe it's not that much progression in his perception, but overall, you know, he's still one of the most elite goal scorers out there and truly an offensive force. The other snub from the Jets that's going to get people really riled up, and this one I completely disagree with, but coming in at 61st overall is Nikolai Ehlers. This one for me is just totally baffling. Ehlers is truly one of the most game-breaking players that I've seen in terms of transition creators. Ehlers, you know, sure, he doesn't have every single tool set that somebody like McKinnon or McDavid has, right? And he did get a little bit fortunate with his, sh- with his shooting percentage this season. So I-, I get it to some degree, but to put him outside of the top 50, and yet we have some other players in here who, quite honestly, I'm surprised to see this high in the list is, is just crazy for me. I, I mean, Ehlers for me is truly one of the great and, and truly elite wings in the NHL. Like, we're talking a, a top five, maybe top 10 wing. And sure, you might say, well, you know, if, if he's a top five or top 10 wing, where does that rank him amongst the other great skaters out there? And, and certainly goalies are on this list as well. But already, I, I can't, you know, leak the full list yet. I'll talk about that as the, uh, the weeks roll on and we actually roll this on our Locked On NHL podcast. But There are some players on here that I would rank well below Nikolai Ehlers and his ability to create play to be an offensive driver and a budding young NHL scorer. I mean, Ehlers basically does it all for the Jets. You could argue that his defensive impact is maybe not as as great as some of the other guys on the list, but when it comes to players who are single-handedly one of the most explosive creators in the NHL, Ehlers is that guy, and it's obvious that he is one of the two MVPs on this team. You know, Connor Hellebuck is certainly the main MVP, no surprise there, but the secondary MVP is going to be Ehlers. The stuff that he can do and and how important he is to this team, especially in ferrying the puck up and down the ice and setting up shooting and passing lanes for his teammates, it's apparently going under the radar for some reason. Although, when I look at Twitter, I tend to think people know Ehlers is like the bee's knees. Every stats person loves Ehlers to death, and I think a lot of folks who do a lot of microstats tracking have begun to understand that he truly is like a self-contained monster. Somehow, though, he came in at 61st overall, and I'm just sort of baffled by this. I mean, this is not a player that I would ever rank this low. I'm kind of shocked. I feel like he deserves to be at least in, like, the top 40 picks. It's, it's crazy that he's somehow actually below that and by a pretty decent margin. He wasn't the only snub, though, that's kind of uh, making me raise my eyebrow, and I'll talk about some of those players in just a moment. But before then, I thought you should hear a little bit about why BetOnline.ag should be the only place you do your online betting. When it comes to the wild, wild west of online betting, you need to know that there's a safe, reliable name that you can trust every single time. That's why you should put your trust in BetOnline.ag. They're the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports action. It's that time of year again, and all eyes are now turning to football as teams are back on the gridiron to start the season. As always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action coming up. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half-million-dollar NFL Mega Contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL Survivor Contest, open now at BetOnline. Go to the website or use a mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. 
For brand new customers using promo code NFL100, they can take advantage of their opening day Super Promo, where you can make a bet on Thursday, September 9th, the season opener between the Super Bowl champ Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys. Even if you lose, you'll be refunded up to $25 on your wager. What's not to love? From football, basketball, boxing, and more, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait and take advantage of all the great offers available for the 2021 season. And as always, don't forget to use promo code LOCKEDON to receive your 100% welcome bonus on your very first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friend's login for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle, and a great way to finally get your TV all together. It's called DirecTV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part? There's no annual contract whatsoever. So get rid of that clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at DirecTV.com. That's DirecTV.com. Stop waiting and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. Go to directtv.com for more information. Hello, friends, and welcome to the Locked On NHL podcast. We are now taking a look at a, uh, our top 50 NHL players list. I decided to take a break briefly from our, our Central Division preview just because we're actually starting to run the top 50 list now, and we are doing the, uh, the snubs currently because the rest of the series will start running in about two days where we'll start from the bottom and move up the list. But for now, we've got the snubs. I've talked about Winnipeg snubs, which were Nikolai Ehlers and Kyle Connor. And of course, you know how I feel about Ehlers and, and certainly why he really deserves to be in the top 50. But a couple of the other players on this list really caught me off guard. One of them is Sean Couturier. I really would not have expected to see him ranked at number 55. I kind of think Couturier over the years has somehow gone in and out of different levels of perception, right? For a while, no one really seemed to recognize that when it came to shut down first line centers, Couturier was truly one of the most elite players out there. He kind of did a lot of the stuff that Bergeron did, but for a while just never really had the point scoring to go with it. Over the past couple of seasons, Couturier's point total suddenly exploded once he finally got some competent line mates and actually had some shooting percentage luck, but, you know, the rest of his game has, for the most part, continued to be consistently dominant. I'm not sure if, like, his last year or two are, are still at the same level where he was a couple of seasons ago, but let's be honest, Couturier has been an elite center for many, many years, and I feel like almost no one has recognized it properly. The only folks who ever seem to understand how good Couturier has been are either Flyers fans or those who are really into uh, deeper statistical analysis. And that's kind of one of those byproducts of him not really playing the sort of super flashy game that somebody like McKinnon does. You know, when you watch McKinnon, he just sort of explodes on the ice. But Couturier, I don't really think, has that same sort of visual flair and style. And because a lot of his value derives from being like a really elite defensive forward, I feel like Again, that's something that doesn't really track well to visual analysis, especially for the average fan who's not really looking for stuff like um, maybe defensive positioning, really uh, composed passing under pressure, especially when you're inside your defensive zone, maybe transition skating where you're moving from the defensive zone to the neutral zone uh, consistently, you're looking for zone exits. I think a lot of that stuff is is maybe a skill set that tends to get underrated a lot and, and something that a lot of people don't know what to look for. Couturier at, at 55, especially with some of the names that are above him, is kind of mind-blowing for me. I'm especially looking at the uh, the bottom to the middle portion of this list, and I'm just sort of in awe in many respects. 
Again, I'm not going to leak uh, any names quite yet, but Couturier should definitely be at least in the, the last 10 picks. I would argue above that, though. In a similar vein, I'm also really shocked that Anze Kopitar just barely missed at number 51 overall. Kopitar, I know he's old. Like, I get it. He's been around the league for what feels like a century. But you know how people always thought that Yaramir Yager was super productive and that he was basically the timeless wonder? Well, that's Kopitar. I mean, this dude is still churning out ridiculous season after ridiculous season. Even when he has like a minor blip in his scoring rates and stuff, Kopitar's on-ice impact continues to be at an elite first-line level. That Anjay is also still really capable of creating tons of points and opportunities for his teammates really goes a long way to show that at this level of hockey, he still continues to churn out game after game, and there aren't really many players like him that are this productive and, and certainly this good. And I look at the top 50 list and I already see a couple of centers who I would easily rank behind Kopitar, and by like a country mile. Kopitar not fitting in above these names is just mind-boggling to me. I know that LA tends to get crapped on because... Let's be honest, the Kings are a very bad team, and even though they've had some, you know, spells of, of competent play, I think most people understand that talent-wise, this is not a roster that's working with a whole lot. Kopitar, however, continues to defy father time and doesn't really seem like he has slowed down a ton, even when he's had a couple of seasons where maybe the point scoring was, was at a relative nadir for his career. This is a guy who bounced back in subsequent seasons, has put up, you know, close to 100-point seasons over the past couple of years all while still driving play at an elite level. I mean, this guy seriously does it all. I'm just really surprised to see him so low on the rankings. I really felt like he's one of those top-end players that frankly deserves to be in the conversation as as one of the most elite veterans out there. And even by, you know, uh, younger player standards, Kopitar still outproduces a lot of those guys. I've always been partial to the way Andre plays. I think he's a really defensively responsible player who's not afraid to, to be patient with build-up, but also knows how to explode very quickly with rapid passing and great vision. He has such an elite level understanding of space and how he can use his frame to attack it and create opportunities for his teammates, and it's just... It's mind-boggling that somehow he still doesn't get respect even though he has won multiple cups and continues to be one of LA's truly bright spots. I know that they have a young crop of talent that's coming in, and certainly there are some signs that a lot of their prospects like Quinton Byfield and some of the other guys are going to be really good, but you know, it, it shouldn't be an excuse to overlook just how good Kopitar still is. I don't find many players who are elite at this level, but Kopitar over the years has continued to prove that you know, just because you're on the older side and, and certainly over 30 doesn't mean your career has to fall off a cliff. He's adapted his game, he continues to produce at an elite level, and I, I suspect he'll be around for a long while. He's definitely not the only veteran player who got snubbed too that I feel really deserves a lot more respect. We'll cover a couple more names in just a moment. Before then though, I thought you should hear about why rockauto.com should be the only place you buy your auto parts. There are literally thousands and thousands of vehicles out there, and it's really hard for auto parts stores to keep up stocking parts, accoutrements, and everything in between. You might stand in line for 15, 20, maybe even 30 minutes waiting for your chance to buy the part that you need, and you find out they don't even have it in stock. If you want to save time and money, then just go to rockauto.com instead. They're a family-run business with over 20 years of experience in the automotive industry. Their easy-to-use intuitive website allows you to sort by make, year, and model of your vehicle, and then set a price range filter so you always get the parts that you need at the prices you want. Whether you need a new engine control module or a floor mat replacement, rockauto.com is sure to have what you need in stock. And best of all, you can save anywhere from 20, 30, even 50% off retail brick-and-mortar in-store pricing. So why shop anywhere else? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked in the How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com today. 
Are you someone who loves protein bars? Are you tired of all of your favorite protein bars tasting like ash and dirt? Maybe you're ready for a change. And as a fellow protein bar appreciator, I can tell you that Built Bar is your best alternative. It's the only protein bar that tastes more like a candy bar, with a 100% chocolate exterior and a soft, chewy interior. It comes in several delicious flavors like salted caramel, orange, cookies and cream, German chocolate, and so many other great flavors. Built Bar often releases very special, limited edition, limited quantity flavors that once they're gone, they're gone for good, so stay tuned to their social media platforms and their website to make sure you never miss another flavor. As delicious as Built Bars are, they're even better for you, with most bars clocking in at around 130 to 180 calories, 4 to 5 grams of net carbs, and 17 to 18 grams of protein. Built Bars are perfect for every lifestyle, whether you're looking to maintain or lose weight. Placing your order couldn't be easier. Go to Built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. Again, that is promo code LOCKED15 at checkout for 15% off at Built.com. Place your order today for the best tasting protein bar on the market. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of the Locked on Winnipeg Jets podcast. We are uh, talking about some of the crazy snubs on our top 50 NHL players list, which over the next few weeks will be running. We are starting off with the uh, the bottom of the list, so to speak, all of the guys that didn't really make the cut. I've talked about a number of names that kind of caught me off guard as having been ranked as lowly as they were, especially considering, you know, I'm looking at the list of names above on some of these guys, and I'm kind of thinking, mm, you know, I might have ranked a few of these a little bit differently. But uh, one of the most surprising uh, omissions for me is Evgeny Malkin. And I know that Malkin, like Kopitar, is on the older side, and I don't think Malkin has aged quite as gracefully as Kopitar has. But make no mistake, Malkin is still something of a monster when he's really at full health and at full strength. This dude is such an offensive force, especially down low in the slot and anywhere where he can actually find a line mate for a perfectly timed goal scoring chance. You can tell that he has lost a step and he can't always keep up with the uh, the really elite young forwards. But in terms of somebody who's still a very hard-nosed, hard-tackle player with elite hands, Malkin still has some really special tools. And I, I look at the list of guys above him and I could easily rank him uh, at least over a couple of different skaters. I'm not sure where he ranks statistically these days in terms of, you know, goals above replacement and all that. But just for me personally, I still think he is a top 50 player. I'd be curious to know if the uh, the stats profile still bear that out. In terms of offensive production, my guess is that he is still probably a pretty decent monster. I mean, you know, over the years, he's kind of gone up and down, especially as he's aged and the game has changed a bit. But I feel like Malkin has also sort of adapted the way that he approaches things too. And as long as he still finds ways to feed his teammates, I think he'll continue to be somebody who's just a scoring chance machine. I love the way that Malkin plays the game, and I feel like a lot of older centers could use at least a few lessons from how he's tried to change and go with the uh, the change in speed over the years. But like I said, I could understand why people maybe don't always rank him as highly as some of the other guys. That said, you know, I, I still feel like he would rank over at least a couple of the names on the top 50 list. The last name that I really feel, uh, at least for now, deserves a huge mention, um, and there's a couple of other guys that we'll talk about on a, a future episode, but... The last name that I really am kind of shocked to see is Thomas Shabbat. Shabbat came in at 65th overall, and for me, Shabbat, that's just kind of disrespectful. That dude, when it comes to defenders who basically have to carry the burden of almost an entire blue line, he does everything for Ottawa. I really feel like because of the Sens' reputation and the fact that they continually lose games, they surrender a pretty decent amount of chances, and they have some leaky goaltending, I think Shabbat's sheer impact on his team continues to be undermined. But make no mistake, Thomas is an elite first-pairing defender, and even though he might have had one or two off-seasons here and there, overall his, his net positive impact on that team at times gets them above the line. 
I really feel like Shabbat should at least be in the 40 to 50 range. He's one of the best young defenders out there, and he has had to essentially do it without a whole lot of assistance. Yes, the Suns have occasionally extracted value from some depth defenders who maybe are punching above their weight, but Shabbat is not one of those guys. This dude is is bonafide top pairing. I feel like he continues to be a monster. His his ability to control the ice and really create offensive opportunities for his teammates while doing at least as much as he can to try and limit chances against really shouldn't be overlooked. I think Thomas gets a lot of difficult minutes. He's one of their lead defenders, and he's frankly one of uh, one of Ottawa's most underappreciated players. A lot of people look at Brady Chuck, Tim Stutzla, and some of their other young talents, and for some reason, Shabbat just never seems to get a lot of respect. And look, I know that he is a defender, but when it comes to the kind of offense and shooting that he can create, I always think Shabbat's one of the more entertaining players to watch. 65th overall, though, is pretty crazy to me, especially considering some of the names that landed above him. Um, so I'm curious to know what people think of this. I feel like you might have questions about who actually qualified in this top 50 list. Some of the rankings are going to be, yeah, uh, very controversial to put it lightly. We'll have some of the uh, earliest rankings coming out on August 27th. So make sure you are following Locked on NHL to actually hear the list. And then I'll give you some of my thoughts on where I think the uh, the list is actually correct or where I have some significant disagreements with some of my fellow Locked on hosts. Much love. For tonight's show, though, that is going to do it. Before you log off, do not forget to check out our Locked On Bets podcast. Betting on the NHL doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked On Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Locked On Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get your favorite podcasts. And as always, thanks for listening. Have a great night and go Jets go.